This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Thinking sideways. I don't get it. Uproot the aliens. You must unlearn what you have learned. I don't know. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. Uh, I'm Joe, joined as always by... Devin. And... Steve. And we're going to talk about another fascinating mystery this week. Sweet! Yeah, I know. This is a fun one here. This, is a, this, this one has been called, dubbed by some people, The Honeymoon Killer. A.K.A. why Devin should never go to Australia for a honeymoon. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, don't go to Australia in general. Everything there is trying to kill you, but hey, that's besides the point. Uh, Yeah, it's a a deadly place. Yeah, watch Mad Max if you don't believe me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, um, (laughs) so this is actually about the death of Tina Watson. Uh, There there are some who, by the way, feel that the the name Honeymoon Killer is not exactly appropriate, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, Tina drowned accidentally while scuba diving in Australia in 2003. Or did she? Or did she? I know, because there are people, including Tina's family and uh, the Australian police, who think she was murdered. So we got a mystery here, don't don't you think? I think that's usually why we sit down. Yeah. That's the only reason I come here. Mysteries? Um, yeah. 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 All right. So let's talk about the death of Tina Watson. All um, right. And, but first off, I want to give a shout out to Maggie, who suggested this episode. So thank you, Maggie. Oh, yeah. It's a listener suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun little mystery. And also, uh, I forgot my last episode, I talked about murder on the Herbert Fuller. Yeah. Fun little story. And uh, I forgot to mention Rachel, our listener, who suggested that one. So, whoops. A belated, uh, yes. A belated shout out to you, Rachel. Hi. And hope you're not mad about me forgetting previously. It happens sometimes. Yep. Uh, and Anyway, uh, back to our story. 
story. Oh, oh, also a warning, this episode involves water, which may frighten some people. So you're, you've been warned. My mom is actually scared of really? oceans. Oh, yeah. really? She's very uncomfortable about the ocean. Oh, really? Yeah. Does that so that, include, that is actually a thing. Does that include like walking on the beach or just no, being out being, on boats in the ocean? No, it's being out on boats in the ocean. Oh, okay. When it's so deep and you don't know what's below you. Yeah. Oh, I, I get out. seasick, but that's really... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's a thing. Uh, no, okay. I, I, could, I could sort of get that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, back to our story of Tina and her husband, Gabe. That's, uh, his name was David Gabriel Watson. I shouldn't say was. As far as I know, he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, David Gabriel Watson went by the name Gabe, and Christina May Thomas, she went by the name Tina. They were both 26, and they're from Helena, Alabama. If you're from Helena, if that's pronounced Helena, well, I'm sorry. I apologize, <laughs> but I'll go Helena. by Helena. Uh, the, Tina and Gabe uh, met in college, and they'd been together about two years before they got married. That was in October 2003, and uh, then they went off for their honeymoon in Australia. Didn't they, didn't they have kind of an on-again, off-again relationship during that time? What? I have heard that, but uh, I'm not sure. Okay, I, that's why I asked, because I had seen it somewhere, and I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know who's the source of that. Well, with these two, uh, you see a lot of stuff about their relationship out there, mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm not sure what to believe, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things about reading this is there's a lot of conjecture about their the couple and the relationship and, mm-hmm. and their trip and everything. Like, there's just so much weird coverage. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people say they were a happy couple. Other people say they were totally dysfunctional. And uh, you I know, feel people I know. tend to do that. We've definitely covered a lot of cases like this where people really read into the relationship and kind of put their own spin on it. And mm-hmm. realistically, nobody uh, can ever know what that relationship was like except for the two people who were in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very I, true. Yeah. And no, I'll talk about, I was going to talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, Tina, according to what you you hear from some people, including her family and friends um, at the age of 26 all of her friends had gotten married and she was apparently worried that she was going to wind up being an old maid oh. yeah, with 26. cats with cats we oh. don't know anybody like that no i don't know but uh, I, I don't think it's weird to have cats at all mm-hmm. but some people apparently do mm-hmm. but uh and it looks like from what people have been saying it looks like gabe was not exactly mr right for tina but at least maybe good enough i guess so Tina was desperate. This is, you know, not necessarily true. This is just what some people have been saying. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right up there with the, they got married to fix the relationship. It's uh-huh. kind of like sometimes we yeah. see in stories, they had children to save the relationship. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. yeah. That's what you see that out there. Yeah, yeah uh, but, uh, and then on the other side, Gabe was supposed to be a very controlling, domineering kind of person. He uh, reportedly said to Tina that, well, if you want to be with me, you're going to have to learn to do the things I like to do, which is fishing and scuba diving. And, of course, we've all seen how well the scuba diving turned out for Tina. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, there was a famous engagement ring episode, which I'm sure you guys have heard about, right? Well, <sighs> I mean, probably our listeners haven't. They probably it. haven't. Let me tell them about yeah. that. And, again, this is um, from, I think, Tina's sister, mostly. So uh, can, can I give a little caveat here, which is yeah. his family, Gabe's family, apparently liked Tina. Yeah. Tina's family despised. Gabe prior yeah. to everything going down. Or, so that at, has a at tendency the very to color least, it. Yeah, at the very least, uh, they had they didn't they didn't like it. They weren't 
Okay, really, despise might be a strong word, despise, but they didn't like I, it. I'm sure by this point in time they actually do despise oh, yeah. him because there's been some bad water under the bridge or something. But uh, but the uh, the engagement ring episode was supposedly after they'd been together like maybe six months or God knows I can't remember. Uh, he bought an engagement ring for her. Uh huh. And and brings it home in a little bag, a little from the, from the jeweler's. It's got the jeweler's name on the side of it. Sets it on top of his big screen TV at home, and then she sees it sitting in the seats of the bag, says, what's in the bag? And he says, oh, it's an engagement ring, but you can't look at it. And she's like, what? And he says, no, you can't look at it. If you look at it, I'm going to return the ring. And, and so she didn't look at it. And supposedly this was like tormenting her for months, according to some people. And this is sort of a telling story about... It's a game to him. About Gabe, you know, you know being this sort of manipulative, domineering person. I, okay, I mean... I don't want to, again, I, some, sometimes we put ourselves in the position where we find ourselves defending people who are kind of jerks. Uh-huh. But to me, you know, either that is like super domineering or it's his idea of romance. Yeah, exactly. Like he, yeah. you know, he's trying to like build suspense. He's like, drawing it out. Yeah, he's like, well, okay, I'm gonna engage. I mean, we're gonna so get she's engaged. She's so crazy for it; she can't help but say yeah. yes. I mean, I I think yeah. of situations where guys are like, oh yeah, I bought the ring six months in, like because I knew, and then three years later, I finally proposed. And I don't mm. know, maybe in his head, it was super romantic to be like, here's this thing that we're gonna do, but also it is super jerk move. I'd be mad. Well, yeah, if but someone I, did that to me. Yeah, but again, you don't know exactly how he said it he might have just said it kiddingly and, and all that stuff i mean i don't know yeah but that's the other thing too yeah. is he could have totally been like joking like haha don't open that expecting her to open it and she was like oh my god i better not open it so she interpreted it one way and he was hoping she would open it because then he'd be like so bury me uh-huh. i don't know yeah i don't yeah, know i, I think this how. is this this case is much like uh i think it was actually your last one joe the herbert fuller yeah where the context and the way that the statements were made can dramatically so change oh, sure. what their meaning is, and that's. I think we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have to talk about that several times for oh, this yeah. one yeah. easily. Totally. And there's there's been a lot said about this one too. Like one of the things that's been said about um, about Gabe is that he changed his story like sixteen times. Yeah, uh, yeah, not necessarily so, but but anyway, his uh, the the picture that's been painted of Gabe in the press, frankly, has not been good, uh, no. not at all. And uh, I, I have no idea how much, if any, of that stuff is really true. Probably a lot of it's BS. I know a lot of it came from Tina's family, as he said. Things were never great between Gabe and Tina's family. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, after Tina died, well, things really went south yeah. in a big way. As you would expect. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable, of course. You know, And Gabe did sort of get her killed by encouraging her to get into scuba. Uh-huh. At so, the very least, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean... yeah and, and of course, they think it went beyond that. They right. think he murdered her. Right. But well, we'll talk about that in a few minutes here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, so they've kind of put everything, every aspect of Gabe and, and his relationship with Tina in the worst possible light, I think. Anyway, back to our honeymoon. Now we've been we've uh, taken a little detour there, but uh, that's all good information, yeah, though. Pertinent. Yeah. No, they got married. They went out for their honeymoon in Australia, uh, and of course, somebody didn't make it back, and the other one became known in the press as the honeymoon killer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's our mystery this week. They had about two weeks in Australia, mm-hmm. and the plan was is that the first week would be Tina's week, and they would just do stuff that Tina wanted to do. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I, I'm going to be super judgy and say, like, if you can't 
compromise as a couple on things you might want to do together. Yeah. Well, well I don't think that uh, it was all this, you know, screw you, we're doing this, it's my week. I, I don't think it was quite like that necessarily. It was more like just, what do you... It was her turn to plan. Yeah, what do you really want Got to do it. in Australia? What's okay. your but, top but that's, priorities? But that to me is very weird because I know when I went on mine, it was, we have, we have what, these you... things in this area while we're there. Which ones do we want to do? We. And, uh, yes. No, I we know being I... the operative term. No, I know what happened on yours. Now, on yours, the first week was your wife's week, and then the second week was your wife's week. <laughs> I was going to say the first week was alcohol, and the second week was more alcohol. Well, no, that's true. Oh, God, that's what actually have I done? totally true, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she didn't say that. Yeah, no, okay. They, but they had a, so they had a week uh, during Tina's week, and I assume Tina wanted to experience Australian culture, which you know what Australians do. They drink Fosters. No, they, and they also put and, on leather outfits. Put, put and stuff they, out on the bobby. Yeah, they do that, but they also, you know, they wear leather and they and they drive muscle cars at high speeds in the outback. And they yeah. wrestle alligators. Yeah. yeah. And These so, are all very true statements. And yeah. they chain people on guitars to the front of cars. Exactly. Right? Yep. And then yep. they had these high-speed chases and shoot mm-hmm. at each other and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, Australia actually sounds like a pretty a pretty, bad pretty fun place. place. I yeah. know. I want, that's why I want to go. Yeah. So to all of our Australian listeners, before you shut this off and unsubscribe, Sorry, we're having Sorry. fun. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we totally are. Uh, well, then week number two came around. It was Gabe's turn, and uh, Gabe had booked a trip with Mike Ball's dive expeditions. Uh, and, of course, this was a bad idea. Uh, nobody knew that at the time yet, but it turned out to be a bad idea because based on my anecdotal analysis, statistical probability of somebody dying on your scuba honeymoon in Australia is about 100%. Uh, that actually, that's not right. It's not right? Nope, because I have friends who did it. They did it? And they're both still alive. They both came back? Really? Did yep. anybody on their expedition not come back? Nope. Okay, yeah. well, that's, Everybody made it. That is, so 99%. That is the exception. Actually, all I, all I know is I remember reading in the paper, this was years ago, um, this couple was honeymooning off the Great Barrier Reef, and they were scuba diving, and then hubby got eaten by a great white shark, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure cast a pall over things just yeah. a bit. And then, of course, there's this one where Tina died, so there you go. So 99%. That's pretty high. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course, there's, there might be other stuff going on out there where people scuba dive and nothing happens, but I don't know about those, so I don't care. Uh, <laughs> those, yeah. That's not included in your data. No, no. exactly. My I data, only used incidents where people were killed and maimed. That, yeah. I, that I have heard of. So yeah, my data set consists of two. Uh, but our story is, uh, yeah, they're, they're on a dive trip with Mike Ball Dive Expeditions, and it's going to be a dive on the SS Yangala. Which was um, a ship that it was a shipwreck. Yeah, it sank in a cyclone in 1911. Uh, there's pictures oh, of it out there. Oh, an expedition two got it. Yeah, oh yeah, I wasn't sailing on. I know. Yeah. I was like, wait, I thought this was a scuba diving thing, not a shipwreck thing. But okay, yeah, yeah you can dive in the Into ship it. and see got all it. the fish. Okay, and... okay. Yeah, you can dive on the wreck. Gotcha. And, but yeah, yeah, and the wreck is not sailing anymore though. It's sort of sitting in one spot. Yeah. Yeah, the Yangala was uh, rediscovered in 1958, and it's considered today to be one of the world's best wreck dives okay and i guess you know wreck dives are a, a big thing with scuba divers mm-hmm. yeah very popular oh yeah totally because yeah normally you go down there what's there to look at a bunch of fish so it's, <laughs> so it's kind of cool and dramatic to be able to look at a wreck ship on and the swim of the through it mm-hmm. yeah i don't think they encourage people to swim through this one well i mean swim through like the 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 top deck and the oh yeah you can go around the cabins that's what i mean by that oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not really supposed to go inside when you're no, no. not a good idea no not really unless you're very highly rated which yeah. Most yeah. these people aren't. Yeah, there's things to cut yourself on, and there's, God knows what's living inside there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly that's it. something to be 
thinking about too. So, I, yeah. I saw Finding Nemo. I know uh, what lives in those things. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of scary stuff hiding in there. Uh, but from the outside, at least, it looks pretty cool. Well, let me give you a, a quick rundown of how the wreck looks. It's about 50 miles off the east coast of Australia, and it's southeast of a town called Townsville. And how far is that in the miles oh, kilometers, to kilometers? Uh, yeah. So that'd be 80 kilometers. Okay. Yeah. And it's about 28 meters down, or about 100 feet. Okay. So the seafloor is so it's laying on its starboard side. So it's not super deep, but deep no, no, not, not really, no. And uh, especially, you don't have to go all the way down. You can cruise like 50 feet down and see the wreck nice and, and just look at it from up. Right. My, my point up. was, it's not like it requires some crazy dive setup. Like, remember we talked no. about Ben McDaniels and yeah. the gas mixes that he needs? It's nothing like that. No, no, no. Not at all. And... Uh, yeah, uh, it is considered a sort of difficult dive because of currents and such things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the wreck is oriented uh, north to south, so the bow is pointing north, uh, maybe a little bit off north, but more or less north to south. And uh, they've set it up for what essentially with permanent access points or permanent permanent anchor points because so many boats are coming and going and bringing dive groups there. You can't have people setting anchors all the time. Mm-hmm. So what they've oh, yeah, they just tear things up. Oh, yeah. So they, they've dropped these massive concrete blocks with chains or ropes attached to them that go up to buoys. So you cruise up in your boat full of divers, and you just grab one of those buoys and tie your anchor line to that mm-hmm. instead of dropping an anchor. And there's two, uh, two special blocks that are called diver access points, or DAPs. And those are, there's one at the bow, one at the stern, also a chain or a rope. Uh, I've heard it said... I'm not sure which it is. I've seen a picture of it. It looks like a rope. But other people have said it's a chain. It okay. well, doesn't matter. It's a line that goes down to about 10 meters in front uh, of the ship from a buoy atop. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's where you get in. And then you cruise down. The, 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 the current is flowing from north to south along the wreck. And so what, ha- what most divers do is they get in at what's called DAP2, Diver Access Point 2, at the, at the bow go down as deep as they feel like going, and then just let go and let the current take them across just down the length of the wreck. So you can just basically drift over the top of it yeah. and check it out and yeah. then get to the, the, the exit. And get to the exit line, Crazy. DAP1, and just climb back out again. Uh, and, uh, of course, you can do whatever you want. You can stop off and explore and you know prowl around on the, on the side of the wreck, or, just, or you can just, like I say, drift right over the top of it. Just and like a just lazy be, river. Yeah, pretty much like a little river cruise, just you know? sit, yep. Yeah, and so it looks At like... the water park? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so on the morning, I believe it was October 22nd, 2003, uh, they had gotten on their, their boat, which was called the Spoil Sport. That was uh, the dive boat they were on. The dive boat that they were on. They'd gotten on that the night before, and then they spent the night as they on the boat, and then the, the next morning, I think they... Or actually, I think that night they cruised out and just sort of spent the night cruising out there, and they woke up in the morning, and they were pretty much there. Uh, the spoils were tied off at what's called uh, access or point nine oh five, which is an anchor point to directly to the east of the wreck. Okay. And then a little later in the morning, uh, another boat showed up, the Jazz Two, which is another dive company, and they tied up at point nine oh four, which is a point north of where the spoil sport was and kind of northeast of the wreck. So the Jazz 2 was actually pretty close to the bow of the ship. And then later on, yet another boat showed up on the other side at point 903, and they tied up. That's the Adrenaline tied up there. So there were three boats in the water there and a lot of divers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what happened is... So they're making kind of a loose triangle uh, on top of the wreck at this point. Yeah, kind of around the outside of the wreck. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, a very popular place, just all teaming with divers all yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, on that, on that, on the day of, they uh, 
went to get in the water. There, so the, the spoils part was, of course, south of the access point. So what would happen is that people would suit up and they would get into a, like a rubber, a rubber dinghy know, or something, dinghy kind of thing, well, a little yeah. bigger than a dinghy, but essentially a boat. Yeah. And uh, and they would be ferried up to the to the put-in point, diver access point two, mm-hmm. and and then they would all go just go down and and do their thing, and then they could. And when they got to the exit point, they could either be picked up by a boat, or I think they had a rope. They actually, when they tied it, they tied a rope across from the spoils board to the exit line. Mm. And they also put they also put a cylinder of air down there too, at five meters down, for people who were running low on air but wanted had needed to do a little decompressing. So they had an extra cylinder of air hanging down there for safety. Mm-hmm. Sounds. And, I think that's standard, right? Yeah. I feel like I remember from the Ben McDaniel thing. It was decompression. Standard. Yeah. You no, know, that like you would have extra tanks. Yeah, especially on a out. on a set up organization yeah. like this, absolutely. Because while a hundred feet isn't going to give you the worst decompressions, the bends, yeah, there is a chance of some of it. So it is good practice. And you would want to have yeah. tanks there, so that yeah, just yeah. in case yeah. you know the guy needs to sit there for five minutes and he's only got three minutes of air. Exactly. You want to encourage him to do the right thing by having the the air available instead of just saying, screw it, I've only got three minutes, I'm just going to get out. Yeah. yeah. And then barfing all over your boat. Yeah. yeah uh, sometimes it's worse than barfing. Well, actually, yeah, the, the bands are bad. My understanding of how that works, I'm sure I'll get an email about this, but it's just, it, a lot of it has to do with depth and also how yeah. long you've been down. Yes. So yeah, it's how got, long you've been down and then how yeah. long you spent taking, how long you how long took it takes to, to, to get come you up. up to allow yeah. the, is it the nitrogen in your blood? Is that what it is? I think is Yeah, I think it is. The, it's a little yeah. bubble. You get little bubbles in your right. blood and stuff. And, um, and so there was, a, there was some controversy about this, even in that one. Some people feel like Gabe took too long to come up the surface. And, but we'll talk about that soon though. So they were heading out about maybe 10 to uh, get into the water. And they were in a, they were one of a group of six divers and they headed out to the access point and climbed on in with the other divers. And oh, how, question? sorry, how long had Tina and Gabe been Oh, you know, I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, they were, uh, well, Gabe had been doing it. Dramatically different amounts of time. Sure, but I'm just wondering for. Gabe had been doing it since, I believe, 1996. And he had a total number number of dives, like 56 dives. Okay. And Tina. And then Tina had, I think, 11 dives under her belt. Okay. So she was an amateur. She was a novice. And she was not good at it. Right. And actually, Gabe was a novice, too. I mean, he had, uh, a lot of his dives were just like kind of pool dives. He, mm-hmm. he actually took his first classes in a, in a quarry, basically a flooded quarry. Mm-hmm. Which, which means is, there's no current whatsoever. Yeah, very yeah. controlled environment. He did a little bit of ocean diving, not too much. And most of his dives were pretty shallow. We're talking like 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the deepest he ever went was about 130 feet. Something like that. That sounds okay. about right. Yeah, but and... yeah, he, he. But he. If you read when you do the reading on this, what's so confusing? This is what really lights some people on fire. People will list his certifications, other than the quote-unquote rescue dive certification. Mm-hmm. All he had was basic novice certifications. Yeah. He could dive. He was okay to dive on his own in a group. He wasn't some crazy super expert dive master in any way, shape, or form. No, and I will just mention that just because you're certified rescue something doesn't Doesn't mean anything. Really mean it means you technically have the knowledge in your brain on how Mm -hmm. to do a given thing. But until you're put in that situation, you have no idea if you're going to be able to do it or not. Well, exactly. He took this class, and he even said himself in his police interview that the class really more covered things like just search patterns and stuff like that, like how to find somebody versus Mm -hmm. how to actually. 
Save do them. the hairy work of rescuing them. Right. And so, you know, he wasn't as qualified as, as he sort of made himself out to be. And I don't, I'm not sure, too. I mean, again, I don't want to accuse him of misrepresenting himself. Maybe he didn't. He, might, have, you know, he might not have said, he, he, might not have, he might have just said, hey, you know, I did take this rescue class. And people might have heard, oh, he's a certified rescue diver. Maybe Gabe never misrepresented himself at all. Yeah. I really, yeah, people have I, said that he did. I don't, I'm not so sure that he did. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like he's a bit of a blowhard. But yeah, I was going to say is that the other half of your question was Tina. Mm-hmm. She had only been diving in pools, if I remember correct, or yeah. maybe one quarry and dive really or something. And really only for like a year. Yeah, and she'd been yeah. in classes and okay. apparently was not good at it and was kind of panicky underwater. She so. did not take to it like a duck to water, not at all. No. Yeah, she... Uh, or fish yeah, in this not, instance. Yeah, she did not seem to... But, okay. but she really seemed determined to learn because, you know, Gabe was her man and she wanted to do the scuba thing so she could be yeah. doing things with him, you yeah. know? Okay, so, I just realized yeah. we hadn't talked about that yet. So. Yeah, no, oh, and, good, and it's actually point. what they did is not uncommon. I mean, like I said, I had friends who... He was a diver forever. He wanted to go to this tropical place and dive on their honeymoon. And she said, yeah, let's do that. Let me go get this. And she took like six months or a year of lessons in preparation before they ever went out. Like Mm -hmm. people do this. There's nothing bad or nefarious to say, hey, let's take a dive trip on our honeymoon. No, it's just some people are more or take to it better than others. Yeah. And I thought myself, you know, I've always thought if I lived in a nicer climate with, with clearer, warmer ocean I would totally be a scuba diver, mm-hmm. but we live in Oregon, and let's face it, <laughs> let's face it, I mean, I, I know some scuba divers, and they jet halfway around the world. They go to the Caribbean, they uh-huh. go to the South Pacific, you know, you can't do it without a lot of money, uh, but there's not that many places to really do good scuba around here, so I'm not a scuba diver, you know, otherwise I would be, because it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to do it, you know, but... So they yeah. go out with... Oh, yeah. So back to our story here. Uh, so they go out with four other divers, and they get in the water... And go down just a little ways, and then it turns out that Gabe's dive computer is not working right. And what's well, uh, a dive computer? Yeah, dive computer is like this this little apparatus. It's a, like basically a, a smartwatch for underwater. Yeah, it's like a gigantic watch underwater that does stuff like it keeps track of your depth and stuff. And some of them, I've been told, I talked to a dive expert about this stuff. Uh, actually, his, his name is Austin at Aquatic Sports here in Portland, and he was uh, very very helpful in explaining how some of this stuff works to me. So dive computers can be, there's, there's several different types, like the, the cheapest, simplest kind is basically uses computer algorithms to just sort of estimate, you know, if you put, the, you put your parameters in, it just sort of says, hey, you told me you had this much oxygen, you've been down for this long, you might be running out, dude, you know, that kind of thing, real simple stuff. And then the more fancier ones, like the one Gabe has, actually has a little radio transmitter that you put in your tank, and, and it actually, the, the, uh, it's got a sensor that can sense the pressure in your tank and tell you how much air you've got left, which is kind of cool, kind of important. And so this one had, uh, was, had issues. Uh, in his first statement to the police, he said that they got in the water and he noticed it wasn't working. In his second statement, it was later on, he, I, I think it was on the same day, but just later in the day with a different interrogator, he, he said that, well, they got in the water and his computer was beeping at him and saying that there was a malfunction, saying he had no air pressure. And so he was, uh, 
So they got back out of the water. They get back in the boat. They go back to the spoil sport. He and Tina both. Yeah, he and Tina both. Okay. They're dive buddies. They go together. Well, they got to go together. Just and, want to clarify. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, because you, you got to you want your. And this is one of the things I asked Austin. I said, well, you know, is it really that important? And he said, well, you know, it kind of is because I guess with divers, you want to keep track of of all your stats. It's like a baseball player, you know. Mm. And so that's one reason they want to keep track of all their dives, and your dive computer does that for you. It actually keeps, uh, it has memory and it keeps track of your dives, how deep you went, what your oxygen consumption was like, and how fast you came, you went down and came back up and all kinds of stuff like that. And so they like to keep track of it. So he, so he said, you know, I would probably fix it rather than, you know, just go without. Mm-hmm. You could do the dive without it, but your typical diver is going to, because something, a little bit has been made about this, about the whole, he had to go back just because his dive computer wasn't working. What's the big deal, dude? You know, and it's thought It's that, an important piece of equipment. Well, it's, it's thought... It's, it's been, a kind of a safety equipment. Yeah, well, it's been thought that perhaps there were too many divers around and he wanted an excuse to delay and come back out a little later when there weren't as many divers. Oh, it was a ruse. Got a it. Ruse to, yeah, exactly. And I think it was Dateline NBC actually mentioned this point, but they weren't the first or the last to say that, well, because he went back to the spoil sport, took out, opened it up, took out the battery... Realized it was in backwards, flipped it around, mm. and put it in the right way, and the dive computer worked. So, so uh, if his dive computer is is beeping at him, and he had the battery in backwards, it wouldn't have worked. So it had mm-hmm. to have been the battery on his tank, mm-hmm. the little the sensor on his tank had to have been the one that was in backwards. Yeah, or it wasn't actually beeping at him. Well, okay, yeah, I'm, or, I'm giving well, him the benefit of the doubt. That, well, see, that is the point that people have made. Is they said like, well. Okay, if the battery was in backwards, then it couldn't have been beeping at him because uh, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work at all. It's not even going to produce a beep. But if the, the tank receiver is not sending any information, the mm-hmm. dive computer theoretically would be like, hey, you have no air, you have no air, yeah. well, because it's getting no signal. That was essentially it. And it, it, apparently with this particular one, it's called an Oceanic. And Oceanic makes a lot, a lot of different models. I can't remember what model this exactly was, but... But yeah, it was the transmitter battery that was in apparently, and apparently, you know how they're they're coin cells. They're watch batteries, basically. Little, yeah, little mm-hmm. bitty like watch batteries, right? You know how they've got the the smooth side that's got the little plus sign in it and everything, mm-hmm. and usually that side is the upside. Well, and this one, the one that goes, the unit that goes in the one on your on your wrist is like that, but the one that goes in the transmitter of the tank is the other way around. And oh, so, the smooth side is down. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what happened is you put it in backwards. Apparently. They recommend taking the batteries out if you're not going to use it for a week or more, mm. which is not a bad idea with electronic devices. Yeah. Take the batteries out. Seriously. So he'd put the batteries in just prior to his trip, I think, and uh, got one of them in backwards. So, yeah, he, he flipped it around and it worked. So, again, it wasn't that his computer was working. It's just the transmitter, as you say, in his tank was not working. Right. Right. Transmitting a signal. And mm-hmm. I also, just as a note, don't find anything particularly nefarious from him First saying it wasn't working, and second saying it was beeping, because mm. it he's saying the same thing. Yeah, right. He yeah, just has added it. detail. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It, it, as it's calmed. I mean, as he's gotten further away. Well, I mean, they from both what happened. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they both essentially saying the same thing. One yeah. is saying it's not working right, mm-hmm. you know, beeping or not. Right. You know, and the second time, right. well, it wasn't working right. right. It was you know? beeping. Yeah, with a little yeah. more information. Yeah. 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 yeah, and this is you know, Joe, you Joe said this earlier is that. There's the he is his story changed sixteen times. This is an example of mm-hmm. the quote unquote changes. They're very simple little things. Well, right. And yeah. as we've talked about before, you know, mm-hmm. witness statements change and evolve and 
Well, know, that's just what happens. Exactly. And the thing about it is, too, is um, he made certain statements to the police, and they were more or less the same. Although I admit, I had to admit, some of them don't entirely make sense, but okay. Uh, but then he said other things to other people. There were a lot of other people mm. there that were fellow divers on the boat and company, you know, company uh, employees and stuff. And he said various things to various people and also members of Tina's family, et cetera, Tina's dad and his sister. And then uh, it was not actually until several years after this whole incident that there began to be a big, huge police investigation. Uh, a lot of these people were not interviewed until several years after the fact. Mm. And these were people who had talked to Gabe, but after several years, I mean, they're all going to have different change. memories. Yeah. And so, and so that the whole, he changed his story 16 times, really kind of came from that. All these different people said that Gabe said different things. Mm. But I mean... But they said he said. They said he said this and several years later. And, and yeah, years later. And right. so, well, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, I uh, also will just briefly mention. Sorry, before we like get back into the story here, um, I also feel like poli- it's like either way, right? Police are often suspicious when they're like, the story didn't change at all. That's that's even more suspicious. You know, if and the then they're like, just... but the story changed. It's just like no, nobody's ever going to be happy with. I know. It, so. I know so the moral know. of the story is police are always suspicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah Which they, I guess I. They I'm kind okay of are. Kind of supposed to be though. Yeah. That's that's kind of the nature of their job. Unfortunately. All right. So the yeah. battery, he fixed it, and then what? They go back out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, so they go back out. Oh and, oh, and by the way, apparently Tina was complaining that she felt too buoyant, and so she uh, she did ask a, 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 an employee on the boat uh, where the weights were because she she's wearing what's called a, a BCD. That's uh, um, a buoyancy compensation device, which, which is, a, is an inflatable bag. It's essentially. Infla- essentially, it's a vest, and it's part of your gear. It's like that your ta- your tank attaches to it and everything, and it fastens around your body. And it's got bladders inside, so you can inflate it mm-hmm. and change your buoyancy. Mm-hmm. And it hooks up to your hooks up to your air tank and bleeds out that, and so you can inflate it or deflate it as needed to change your buoyancy. But she felt, and they also have pockets, so you can add weight. Mm. And so she felt like she was underweighted, so she said that she asked, "Hey, where are the weights?" And she was pointed towards the weights, but nobody actually recalls seeing her grabbing weights and putting them in her pockets or what. It turns out in the end, she wound up with about twenty pounds of weight in her pockets, mm-hmm. which some people feel was too much. That's about four different chunks of metal she had in her pockets. Well, and, I... and I don't know, because I don't, you know, again, it's it's going to vary. It depends on your gear. It depends on you. Tina, well, Tina weighed, uh, I think she weighed about one hundred forty pounds. I have no idea what her body her body composition was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was solid muscle or mostly fat. You know, forty percent fat. I had no idea. So yeah. it all those are all variables there. I also, yeah. you know, you're you're not going to say, yeah, the weights are over there, and I'm going to watch you put them in your vest. You're going to say, this is a responsible adult who's making their own decisions. They yeah. probably signed the, the waiver. The, yeah. the, the dive company had apparently already talked to them and been convinced that they were competent divers. Yeah. Although they knew that she was a bit of a novice, one thing they, they were, apparently they were supposed to do a test dive with her. They're supposed to do an orientation dive. And that never happened. Yeah. So that, you know, I'm sure that the guy on the boat who is helping out is, presumes these things have already been taken care of. Yeah. So it's not his job to watch her like she's a two-year-old child. Well, yeah, actually you can't be just badgering people left and right saying, Mm -hmm. oh, by the way, are you Hey, is that too much weight? Are you sure you can handle that weight? Are you qualified? Are you incompetent? Are you a moron? Yeah, you can't (laughs) really be saying that to people, you know, but... uh, so she uh, puts weight in her vest. She puts weight in her vest. While and Gabe she, is fixing his battery. While Gabe is doing his thing, okay. yeah. And, um, 
She might have overweighted herself. Hard to say. Possible. It seems in light of everything that happened afterwards, she might have. Um, and, um, uh, and that's one thing I should say about the company, too. They did kind of, like, drop the ball on this a little bit. A little uh, fast and loose. Uh, yeah, they probably should have. I mean, I mean, I think that really this whole situation would have turned out just fine. If, if it, But these two, but really, Gabe and Tina were not, well, they were both basically novices. Yeah. You know, both of them were. And they should not have been dive buddies on that on that particular. They thing. should have had more experienced dive buddies. Yeah, they should have. They should have been, been paired off with, with experienced dive buddies. Mm-hmm. They really should have. I'm sure from their point of view, hey, it's our honeymoon. We want to be together. We want to be together to drift past this wreck. It's mm-hmm. going to be so magical, you know, and all this stuff. Romantic. Yeah. Maybe he'll put an engagement ring on it. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, it's too late for that. It. Yeah. So back on the boat, they get back on the little boat that is, and then the dinghy, the dinghy, and, and it's it, just the two of them. No, actually, there were I think four divers this time. Again? Yeah. No. Okay. So I, I don't think there were. I think there were fewer divers. I think there were like the two of them and the two others. One of whom was Wade Singleton, who was like the dive director on this trip. So he was like the most senior diver on okay. the, on the ship, and he is actually the guy who wound up like um, fishing Tina doing up off the, the ocean doing the floor. rescue. Yes, he rescued her. Yeah, but uh, so he was there, and uh, they all they headed back down, and. Um, Things seemed to go okay, at least for a little bit. They went down about, and I think they wound up at about a depth of around 45 feet. They went down slowly. But they were in the water probably at a maximum of 10 minutes. And uh, it was actually not too long after they got in the water and got down to about 45 feet. And apparently they were drifting downstream or from not current because really there is the a current. current going from it's from yeah. this it's moving from, from the, south from, to north yeah from north to south oh moving sorry yeah south, from the from the bow towards the stern they were moving with the current and gabe said later that uh, he felt the current was way too strong he thought it was really super strong much stronger than he had been expecting mm. and uh, that apparently would was a little bit uh, scary for both him and for tina and they were, of course, being pushed away from the the, the entry line, the DAP two, the the, the stir, or the excuse me, the bow line, and uh, they were getting down about probably maybe twenty five, thirty yards. So essentially, visibility was about fifteen or twenty yards underwater at that. So point. they couldn't so they, see their starting. They had kind of anymore. they had kind of lost sight of it. I mm-hmm. mean, they kind of knew where it was because the ship was underneath them. But at this mm-hmm. point in time, they they drifted over the ship, and apparently, um, uh, Gabe said that. Uh, Tina seemed to be anxious, and she signaled she wanted to go back to the back to the line and and get out. Apparently, she was having, and I could sort of see it because I mean, um, I haven't scubaed, but I've done a lot of snorkeling in the ocean, not in Hawaii, by the way. But mm-hmm. I have snorkeled, and and it's a really alien environment. It is kind of it is if you're not used to it, it's kind of scary, mm-hmm. you know. And especially when you're drifting over this huge hulk of a ship, there's something about huge objects underwater that's kind of intimidating. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, it is. I do. And that I can't explain it, but you know, <laughs> I know, but it, that's that's just what it is. And uh, so it might have been that. I'm not sure exactly, or it might have been the current. She could have just been like nervous and uncomfortable. I mean, if this was her first time really in the ocean, scuba-ing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gabe, at one point, I heard a statement somewhere that he suggested that instead of trying to get back up to the entry line they just go straight up and apparently but she wanted to get back to the line he's the only point she had in her brain apparently of where to, to go, go. To. yeah and uh, i i think it's it's quite uh, i think she probably was nervous because uh, her dive computer they one of the things the police did is they they seized the dive computers from 
Gabe and Tina, they took them into custody because you can download all the information on those things. Mm -hmm. And also they grabbed Wade Singleton's uh, computer too and downloaded his information. And uh, apparently it, it, her, her dive computer did record a much higher than normal use of air. So that's what happens when you're scuba diving and you're breathing nervous. too fast. Yeah, yeah. You're breathing way too fast. So apparently she was pretty scared and nervous. Mm-hmm. And, and sorry, was yeah. Wade invis? I mean, was he? Did he have visibility towards the couple? Or uh, I don't think he was within sight of them no. at this point okay. in time. But he was he was somewhere not too far away because again he he did sort of like you know was Johnny on the spot when she mm-hmm. finally went down. But uh, I'm getting ahead of myself there though. But but they were I think at this point kind of like not really visible to anybody because it was again limited visibility in the water there. And uh, according to Gabe, uh, they started he took her hand and they started swimming together back up against the current towards the line. He said it was tough going because of the current. And then they paused at one point, and um, she apparently was getting negatively buoyant. And uh, so he, he pointed towards the button on the BCD, the, the buoyancy compensation device, and you hit that button, and it will push air into that and make you more positively buoyant. So he indicated that to her, and he, he said it looked to him like she was actually hitting the button, but nothing was happening. It wasn't changing her status at all. So at that point, well, it was time to continue on. He grabbed her, I think, by the shoulder of her harness this time and started heading back towards the line again. Well, the thing about and, the BCD, though, is it's not like the emergency raft on a boat that just goes... Whoosh! And it's completely yeah, full. Yeah, no, it's for making like it's a it's a it's for making small adjustments. So you right. don't want it blasting huge quantities right. of so, air. So in there, right. So so she's like pushing it. Yeah. You know, tap 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 tap, thinking why is this thing not inflated? That would explain why they're not getting the reaction that they expect. That could have been it, uh, but uh, but anyway, he uh, headed on back to the line some more, and he said at this point in time she was getting heavier. It seemed like she was like no longer swimming, and she was just sort of hanging vertically underneath him as opposed to horizontally swimming next She'd to him. She'd stopped swimming. It looked like, yeah. Uh, at that point, at least he stopped. He still had hold of her, and apparently she panicked and thrashed around and knocked his, his, his respirator out of his mouth and knocked his mask off, askew on his face. And Which so, fills it with water. And it was, yeah, so his mask fills with water. He uh, so he lets lets go of her and it pulls his mask back into place and then he has to like blow some air out through his nose to clear the mask, and then he's got to find his his respirator and it's like floating out somewhere he can't see out of his vision, but they've got a backup that's also on the BCD so he grabs that and sticks that in his mouth, and then he looks and while Tina is Tina has floated downward she's flo- she's sinking she's now sinking downward slowly. He said that she was sinking, looking up at him with her arms outstretched towards him. But not and, really doing anything? But not really, not kicking or screaming or fighting or doing anything like you would expect somebody to do in a situation like that. Uh, and he said at this point that what he did is he upended himself. And, and of course, I didn't mention that, though. I don't think he had been actually hitting his BCD and inflating it. Uh, to try and compensate, try and compensate for the drag. For, for the drag. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so he upends himself and tries to swim down after her. And he said he couldn't make it to her. Because he was full of air. He was too buoyant. Possibly. uh, Possibly. I'm not totally sure about how much that's true or not. That's one of the parts of the story that really doesn't make sense. This is one of the things I ran past Austin at Aquatic Sports. I said, said, does that make any sense to you at all, even if his BCD was totally inflated, that he couldn't get down to her, couldn't catch up with her? And he said, no, it makes absolutely no sense at all. Even with an overinflated BCD, that's really weird that... That he wouldn't be able to, to, you know, give a few kicks of his fins and get down to her, 
Uh, but according to him, he couldn't get to her. Okay. And so at that, he, may, he had to make a decision. He, he thought, well, okay, I can keep going after her. She's going to hit bottom here eventually. And then I can catch up with her. But what happens if I hit bottom? And for whatever reason, I can't raise her up off the bottom and get her to the surface. What happens then? Well, then I've got to take that much longer to get up 100 feet versus 50 feet where I'm at about now. I think the, the greatest depth on his, on his computer was at 54, 55 feet. Something that like day. that. Yeah. And uh, so, so his thinking was, what he told the police later was, well, okay, if I follow her all the way down and can't get her up, it's going to take me that much longer to get up to the surface. To get help. To get help. And so uh, maybe it's better if I turn and go for help now. And so that's what he said he did. Is he turned and he headed, like, not just up, but also towards the, uh, the diver access point at the bow. Mm. Where he says, he said there were a couple of divers hanging on to it at that. And he went up and tapped them and grabbed them and shook them and said, and tried to gesture and make it clear that there was trouble and... And all that stuff, and they just sort of looked at him like, "What?" Because they're tourists. Yeah, I said that uh, at least one of them was an Asian guy, and uh, so maybe uh, didn't but, speak English. Well, and, and yeah, no, I think it's it, they're novices; they don't understand the hand signs because he's underwater at this point still, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's he was just trying to. Like, well, I mean, it's yeah. just he was just trying to say, like, you know, he had no idea who, exactly who these divers mm-hmm. were, and so the only identifying characteristics you could see is he could see a couple of Asian eyes looking at him through the. Out of the mask, and mm. so that's about it as far as describing these people. Okay. And uh, of course, later on, they identified a few Koreans that were on the jazz too, who neither one of them actually remembered this incident, which was kind of didn't look so good for Gabe when nope. it turns out. Yeah, it doesn't look that good. Uh, so he gives up on trying to get them to help. So he goes, he continues on upwards, and when he gets there, he gets he yells at the boat and, t- and says his wife has like gone down and she's in trouble, and the the, the alarm goes up and. Guy gets on his radio. People on the on, on people on the boat start suiting up and getting ready to go down for a search and rescue. But as it happens, Wade Singleton comes along and notices somebody laying on the on the ocean floor next to the ship and, and thinks and, that's wrong. And thinks, yeah, exactly. Something's a little hanky there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something about her body language and the fact that she's not moving. Uh, so he goes over there and, and shakes her a little bit, and nothing's going on. So he grabs her and hits her BCD button to inflate it as much as he can, and they head on up. They took about, I think, a minute and a half to ascend to a, the 100 feet, which uh, my understanding is that's a kind of a breakneck pace to go up from 100 feet Yeah. for in scuba terms. Well, yeah, but yeah. it in makes em- sense. In yeah, an emergency it an, circumstance. It was yeah. an emergency circumstance. But for Wade, you know, obviously for Tina at this point, she was dead. Not to give away the game, but oh, well, I already have, so... But uh, for him, it was a risk. that he, It was a big risk. But mm-hmm. he got her up there, and they spent about 40 minutes, I think, trying to resuscitate her. The nearest boat was the Jazz 2. So they, they, put, they took her over to the Jazz 2, and turns out there, was, uh, there were a couple of doctors that happened to be just diving on the boat, and they got, they got them over there to help out with, with some of this. And uh, after everything they did, they gave up after about 40 minutes. But Gabe wasn't on that boat. He, was no. a, he, went to a, he ended up on a different boat. He ended up back on the spoil sport. Yeah, he was back on the spoil sport, standing in the stern of it. And uh, a lot has been made of that is that, uh, you know, he was on the spoil sport. His wife is on the jazz, and they're trying to re- resuscitate her. And what's he doing hanging out on the spoil sport when she's over there and, you know, dying? Apparently, and 
So, well, you know, that is a question, I guess. Yeah, but he, I mean, A, he didn't know exactly where she was, He I might imagine. not have known. Yeah. And it's not as if they're going to say, quick, send the dinghy over, bring the distraught husband over so he can get in the way while we try to resuscitate this woman. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know that that would be high in their list of things to do. I'm Probably afraid not. not. Probably not. I, yeah. yeah, I also think you, yeah, if you, if you have somebody who's distraught, yeah. you don't, you're not necessarily going to say, let's move this person. You're mm-hmm. going to say, let's try to keep this person here and calm, because if you try to move this person, you risk having more than one victim. That's always possible. Because, you know, if he jumps in and, like, tries to swim there, but he's panicking and whatever, I mean, uh, you just, tr- you have to minimize the victims. Yeah. And so, uh, so he, so that's what was going on. It didn't look so good from some people's points of view, I suppose, um, and there, there was there were a lot of different statements that were made, some of which are rather apocryphal. Um, uh, you know, there were many things, many weird things. A lot of his story didn't make sense. And then there was, uh, you know, one of the local Australian police overheard him at the. There was a body viewing at the coroner's. You know, they had to identify the body, and they left him with her body for a little while. And a policeman overheard him mumbling to her, "I'm so sorry, and and I never meant to hurt you, and I shouldn't have kept taking you down." And I'm sorry, I couldn't stop it. That's what the police said, Gabe said, to Tina's body. Those, all those statements go both ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah kind Let's of. talk about that in theories, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, and so that's where we're at. The, uh, it went on, uh, it was originally classified as an unfortunate accident. There was, of course, an investigation anyway, but it was still classified as an accident. But then one of the divers, actually, that was on the boat remembered feeling uh, a little, at the, uh, at the time, feeling a little bit uneasy about the situation and thinking that, that after, he, after talking directly to Gabe and hearing his story, feeling like, the, well, it just didn't make any sense. And when he got back to the States, he looked up Tina's father, Tommy Thomas, and, uh, and, and they arranged a little meeting, and, uh, and, he, and this guy tells Tommy all the doubts that he had in his mind about this whole thing. And, of course, the Thomas family... They've, they've been kind of wondering about this whole situation for a long time now. This sort of gelled things for them, and they started this campaign to get the Australians to reopen the investigation. Uh, eventually, so compressing a lot of stuff in a, a small amount of time, uh, they did. They re-interviewed a lot of people. They had an inquest and everything, and they decided to indict Gabe for murder because the theory being that he had... Oh, and I, I forgot about There was another doctor, Dr. Stutz, who also... Of course, this was sometime after the fact when he was interviewed. He testified that he spotted Gabe and Tina underwater because he, he followed them into the water later. He saw them, and he was Gabe was holding Tina in a bear hug. Oh, yeah, underwater. I forgot about the bear hug the thing. The bear hug. And, um, and so the, the police's theory is that he grabbed her, cranked off her air supply, and basically held her in that bear hug so that she couldn't get to the surface or do anything. And then once she had died and drowned and everything, he turned her air supply back on so everything would look okay and let her just drop and concocted this whole ludicrous story about how it was all a horrible accident when he had actually murdered her. And by the way, it turns out there was some life insurance money involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a decently large amount. According to Tina's dad, she said that uh, not long before the wedding, she had told him that, uh, that Gabe wanted to inc- her to increase the amount of her life insurance. And also make him the the beneficiary of it. Well, they were about to be married, so the beneficiary thing makes sense. It kind of does, yeah. And I don't know, maybe the increases make sense too. 
Yeah, it might. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a mil- there's a whole bunch of reasons to change it. I mean, I, I don't know what his reasonings were, but again, this is one of those things can be very innocent or very very. It can look kind of bad. I think. Yeah. What, I think the way it was set up is where she was working it. And I, I used to have a job that was like this. You could get the minimum, basically, employer-paid. You get the minimum life insurance. And that's what she was doing. And he, he just said, well, you know, it doesn't cost that much in premiums. You know, you should bump that up. You know, you really should. It doesn't cost all that much. And you yeah. get a lot huger benefit out of the whole thing. And uh, so I don't know that he actually pressured her if he just sort of set it offhand one day. You know, you ought to, you ought to increase that. It wouldn't cost you that much. And uh, so I don't know exactly how that... Again, that we have... Tina's father for this. Tina never, as far as I know, she never told anybody else about this. So we only have his word for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It turns out that the, but you know, the life insurance did actually play a role in the prosecution. They actually. So this they, is they, in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this, so this the, is the Australian prosecution, which yeah. is now charging him with murder. So are we in murder. theories or not quite? No, this is still. Quite. We haven't even got to theories. This is oh. what happens. Yeah, this is what got happened. It. And I'm I'm compressing it as much as I can. I mean, this story is pretty huge, actually. Um, it was a huge sensation, especially in Australia, but even it, it generated some news up here too, in the states. But uh, turns out the policy was worth about thirty-three thousand bucks. Not but a lot. That, so that was not a lot. That's, yeah. Yeah. The annual really. salary. Yeah, essentially. Um, so and uh, Gabe was not the beneficiary of it. Hard to say if that was a sufficient motive or not. Sounds like not to me. But uh, that did play a part in the prosecution's reasoning. That was it. That was the motive for doing it. Oh, that it. he was mad that he wasn't the beneficiary. No, that maybe he was mistakenly believing that, maybe mistakenly believed that uh, she had, in, had jacked up the amount and had made him the beneficiary, but he was too careless apparently to check before they left for the. Well, that would be a jacked up amount for me. Like I 33? have the similar situation as you were talking about that my yeah. employer pays a certain amount and mm-hmm. it's not thirty three a year, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I I I have a definite amount that I will murder somebody for. It's not thirty three. No, nah, not thirty three. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. No. And by the way, you guys, I've been meaning to talk to you about life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so he. Yeah. He back is. To it. He is. Convicted in Australia? Um, they knocked it down. He, 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 he essentially negotiated a, a plea for manslaughter. So he returned voluntarily to Australia to stand trial for the charges and basically agreed to plead guilty to manslaughter and was sentenced to like a year in prison. Okay. And then it was lengthened to about a year and a half because the family was upset and the, the, the Thomases were upset. So he spent a year and a half? So he spent, yeah, a certain amount of time in, a, in Australian prison and eventually was... Uh, after he got out, he was deported and sent back to the States. And uh, the Australians had, meanwhile, I mean, a lot of the investigation actually had been, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here, uh, at the aegis of Alabama police. Essentially, mm. somebody in, in... Done at the behest of? Yeah, at the behest of the... Uh, Tommy Thomas got in touch with the local police in Alabama and spelled the whole thing out to them. And so, and so they had actually gone, the Alabama police had lit a fire under the Australians a little bit, Chinned up interest over there, gotten their conviction. Now he's back. They want to try him for murder here in the States, which in their theory was, well, this looks like a coldly calculated, well-planned out murder. So he must have planned this back here in Alabama. Therefore, we can prosecute him for murder, even though it took place halfway around the world. So they were planned. They were were going to take him to trial and, and try to convict him of murder. Uh, and apparently the judge threw it all out. Yeah, they had no case. Yeah, essentially the judge said, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. You got no case. 
Okay, so that's where it is. Um, uh, Gabe has since remarried. Uh, his, his new wife is not dead. She you does look a lot like Tina. Well, that's not surprising. We all have a type, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Not, I know. Yeah. I threw that out there just because I see it everywhere. and People yeah. just get excited over that. Mm-hmm. Imagine that first date, though. It's like, oh, you ever been married? Oh, yeah, she died. What happened? Oh, she died on our honeymoon. Everybody thinks I killed her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I swear. They all, but they call me the honeymoon killer, just so you know. Uh, but apparently they made it past that little hump. And yeah. wind up getting married. Mm-hmm. And she's, still, like I said, still alive. Uh, so uh, that's, about, that's about it. There's a lot more out there. If you want to do more research on our little mystery, there's tons of stuff out there. It's time for us to get into theories. But before we do that, let us take a really brief break. Take a look at me now. The roof is leaking. I'm just standing here. Oh, think twice. You know what I mean. Another day in paradise. If leaving me is easy... I can feel it coming in the air tonight. This must be love. I missed again. Tomorrow never knows. Do you know what any of that means? Yeah, me neither. You should probably pick up a copy of Not Dead Yet by Phil Collins so he can explain it. Or, better yet, why don't you get it from Audible and let him read the book himself? I mean, who doesn't love to just sit around and listen to that guy all day? Yeah, well, there is the past Mrs. Collins, but that's just not fair. So... Go to Audible. Audible just launched the first ever binge listening event, and you are invited to binge on great listens and big savings with their biggest sale ever. Enjoy the benefits of gold Audible membership, celebrity narrated Audible books, new podcasts and audio shows, exclusive content, and more. A $50 savings since Audible's annual membership retails for $149.95. The sale ends June 28, 2017. Learn more at audible.com slash binge. Okay, we're back. Ah, uh, time to talk about theories. Uh, there are essentially three theories here. Uh, one is, well, murder. That's the prosecution theory. He mm-hmm. killed her. And it's not surprising to me that some people were a little suspicious because a lot of parts of Gabe's story really didn't actually make a lot of sense. Like the part about not being able to catch up with her when she was sinking underwater. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that didn't make a huge amount of sense to me. Uh, of course, as you know, it's awfully suspicious about the insurance policy thing and wanting her to bump up the uh, the amount and all that stuff. Of course, we know that really amounts to nothing. Mm-hmm. There's also that talk about Gabe's controlling personality. Uh, that, And so maybe after a week in Australia, maybe something or another caused Gabe to sort of think that, well, Tina is just a little wild stallion that'll never be, that'll never be tamed, and so I've got to kill her. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, wow. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Or maybe she flirted with some handsome Australian dude, and he went nuts with jealousy and decided to kill her. Yeah. She, um, she met Paul Hogan. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I got to say about about this part is if if he was the total control controlling sort of person, you know, manipulative, controlling whatever, and he found somebody that was willing to put up with that, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought he would have killed her. I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like like that's a find. Yeah. Uh, another another thing is the battery malfunction in his dive computer. Uh, again, we what talked we talked about, about yeah. the the fact that he reversed the battery and, it, and it, it, but it was beeping before and now it's working. Well, apparently the prosecution didn't actually trouble themselves to try to it. try to figure out exactly how the thing worked. Uh, yeah, actually, there's, an, there's another website on that's out there that's got a fantastic amount of information about this case. It's actually written by a professional diver. And he explains all, all the whole battery thing. But apparently the prosecution made much of this. They, they really said that, that was part of their theory is that he wanted to murder her. He planned it out. 
and he, he faked a malfunction in his dive computer so that he could get her by herself and not go down with all those other divers. Well, then there's the, the you know, they, they also were uh, figured he was doing something weird or murder was guilty. It, proof of his guilt was shown in the fact that he always got so upset about all the stuff on her gravesite, uh-huh. all the flowers, and he kept hauling them away. Yeah, his family, her family would leave flowers there, and, and he would, he would, and they kept disappearing. And, and then somehow they chained him or tied they him started, down. They started wiring him down, cabling him down, and stuff. And uh, and it, and then they would still disappear. And uh, they finally put a closed circuit, like a camera, out there. And it turns out Gabe was busted. He was the one removing the flowers. I th- I don't think there's anything to that though, because he may have thought that it was highly disrespectful. Because this is something I have friends that refer to the you know like where there's an accident and people leave memorials and balloons and all uh-huh. of that. And then nobody takes that down, and three or four weeks later, it's like all crap. wilted. It's yeah. well, they they call them. My friends refer to those as trash trees. Yeah. yeah. And so he may have said, "You jerks, why are you turning my my dead wife's grave into a trash tree? Yeah. No, that's and removing is, it. I yeah, that's the thing I don't know. It's like some of the stuff they left was plastic, artificial flowers, uh-huh. which, which he thought were tacky and and and, and ugly. As far as the other flowers, I don't know if he was removing fresh roses or if they were like a week old, kind of dead looking. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I really don't. But apparently, uh, yeah, that uh, a lot was made of that, and I don't know what to make of it myself personally. But uh, and there's also the fact maybe he just did it out of pure spite. And let's, a lot of us, let's face it, we can be a perfectly decent person and not murderers and still be kind of petty. Yeah, mm-hmm. that happens. It does yeah. happen. Uh, well, of course, there was the other thing. Uh, the agents on the on the, the entry line uh, up at the bow. Uh, oh, he the said, Koreans. Uh, yeah, those two Koreans that he said he said he talked to a, a couple of Asian people. But when the police went back and interviewed everybody, the only Asian people that were out there that day didn't re- didn't remember any incident. Okay, but nobody. We're saying they interviewed and nobody remembered, or just specifically the two Koreans didn't remember because it's possible he mistook their race. Yeah, I yeah. Right. So I, did they ask everybody? Well, the the, the way they went about the whole thing is uh, they didn't necessarily track down like everybody from say the jazz too. They mm-hmm. didn't. I think they tra- I think they got a hold of these Koreans. I think they might have interviewed them through via email. I don't I don't think it was actually a one on one. Email. I think that's suspicious. I just think it's not. I I think well, I yeah. think they didn't do their due diligence. That's uh, entirely possible that they bungled that a little bit. Uh, it's also entirely possible that uh, the Asians maybe at the time this guy is all all disturbed and they're like, "What the hell, dude? We're on vacation. Leave us alone." Yeah. And then afterwards they hear what happened. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, somebody drowned. That's what's her husband. Oh man, I feel really bad. Mm. And so maybe they were just kind of embarrassed to talk about. Don't it. Say, say anything out this of guy, guilt. This guy desperately needed our help, and we blew him off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel kind of bad yeah. about that. Yeah. You know? So maybe I, I really don't. Or it could have just been memory because I don't think these people were contacted for quite some time after the actual drowning. It does seem it, like you would remember that, but again, it's so easy. I have friends who are friends with people, and they said, "Oh yeah, he's his mom's Chinese," and and that guy's like, "No." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm German, like 100% German, yeah. but they think he's, you know, half of some sort of Asian descent. And yeah. I mean, it's, it, identifying it race is just impossible. Well, I it mean, could have been that, uh, it could have been that these people, they, uh, they had their masks on and the masks were just clamped down a little too tight and it was sort of pulling their face like this to make their eyes kind of look like, like, look a little under yeah. pressure. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? So, okay. Who knows? But, uh, 
Well, there's the whole bear hug thing. There's the Dr. Stutz and his testimony about the bear hug. So can we talk about that for a second? Because sure. that, that makes absolutely no sense. So I was ta- I talked to a couple people like you did, uh-huh. people I knew who could dive. And it takes like a dozen revolutions oh, of yeah. the knob on a tank to yeah. turn it all the way off and then back on. Yeah, and at it's least. Not at least e- it does. Yeah, and it's not an easy thing to do because it is under pressure. So it's not like your faucet, you know, in your garden where you just reach, 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 and it just turns. No, you've got to put some force into it. It would have taken him a good little bit to do that in a bear hug scenario. Uh, yeah, probably would have. Yeah. So, I mean... It, it, Wouldn't also her sensor have... Her computer have shown that? You would think that if it would If she have. had just stopped consuming air for a little while? You would think it would have shown that, yeah. Or yeah. the... Well, I don't know how... Are you getting at what it have shown that the air going through the regulator was reduced? Is that what you're getting at, Devin? Yeah, I guess. It would have shown, like, a decrease, right? Well, it, 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 I'm sure it... Well... It did show a decrease because she stopped breathing, yeah. but I don't I don't know that it would have been able to distinguish that decrease being because the valve was turning. I don't think it would record that kind right. of content. No, it wouldn't. I don't think. No, it. But uh, and those things don't record everything. Especially this is two thousand three. It's hard. It's hard to remember. But actually, storage was not as as easy and, uh-uh. and tiny as it is today. It's amazing what we can get into a tiny little card these days. Oh, 2003 yeah. 2003 was a little different. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was different. So are there more uh, suspicious things here? Uh, let's see. Well, we had the bear hug, and uh, there was a, the fact that she became amazingly negatively buoyant all of a sudden, uh, which, you know, that's, that's actually... There, there, there are some people that wondered if Gabe actually deliberately overweighted her. I have another question about this because yeah. I'm not a diver, and I think a lot yeah. of our listeners are not divers. So she put weights in her pockets, in her vest? Of her yeah. vest, yeah. And were those pockets... I, I, it, basically, the question is, is, could they not have just unzipped the pocket and taken the weight out? Yeah, well, I, I was asking uh, Austin about that, and he said that it's, it's when you're actually out there, it's kind of hard to do. When you get your tanks on and everything, it's kind of hard to get to those pockets. But somebody else couldn't have, Gabe couldn't have done that for her? Not yeah. if she was in a panic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you know, you, if you've ever, have you ever seen anybody get suited up to dive? The, if they need assistance, they're standing there and you're kind of arms a, a bit at your side and you're lumbering around and, and they are getting to everything and, and it is then hard to get at it yourself because remember she's in a wetsuit. Right. No, I know. So I just, yeah. be covered. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, no, that's, that was one of the things I was, I was wondering too. Same thing was how easy is it to grab those weights and chuck them Apparently and just not. lighten yourself up a little bit. It is easy if she had been wearing a weight belt. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. If she, she had, if she had a belt, then you, I, because I've known people who've been underwater and <laughs> Was it a sea? He turned around and there was a seal, and he wasn't expecting it. It was like inches away from his face. It scared the holy crap Whoa. out of him, and he just popped the belt and shot towards the surface because yeah. it just freaked him out. Because yeah. uh-huh. He wouldn't have been able to do that had he tucked them in if he had a vest okay. on at the time. Yeah. So, no, I know again, that, depends on equipment. It depends. It does. I know, I know Wade, Wade Singleton actually dropped his belt that day when he, mm. when he had to get up off the floor with her. He dropped his belt. Yeah. So it's, but that's a different outfit. Yep. And I, I think Gabe did say something about not being able to, you know, it, it would have been great if he could have. If she had been wearing a belt, he could have dropped the Just belt, and that would have helped things, but yeah. she wasn't able to do that. Yeah. Right. And the next step after that is to shuck everything, mm-hmm. which is problematical, too, because then what you got to do is you got to go straight up to the surface, and that's got its issues. 
Yeah. Um, well, and if he dropped all of her equipment, they would have had to been in the buddy scenario, sharing a breather, the the regulator, uh-huh. or if he had figured out where his original regulator was floating around him, then uh-huh. they could have both used them. But yeah. he he apparently didn't have the wherewithal to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turns out the, the, he found it. He didn't find out until later when he was cleaning it that uh, the mouthpiece had actually been knocked off of it. Oh. So it wasn't really usable anyway. Got it. Yeah. And I uh, don't know when exactly that happened. It might have been in the incident when it got knocked out of off its face and out of his mouth. Another thing that was really kind of uh, suspicious was his claim that he was unable to dive fast enough to catch her. Which we've talked about, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, from the prosecution's point of view, you know, if you want to drown your wife, you want her to spend some extra quality time in the bottom of the ocean drowning, well, that's what you want to do is let her sink and go and then just, you know, come back later. And and I, I still am not entirely able to make sense of his claim that he couldn't catcher that does seem awfully strange uh, remember that he is used to swimming in fresh water yeah and when you are in salt water your buoyancy goes up yeah so he may have been used to swimming down and expecting to make a certain speed and is not going as fast as he expects so therefore is judging it and saying there's no way i'm going to get there yeah and again perception yeah and there's also another explanation which i'll talk about in one of my other theories okay uh, but uh Another thing that was suspicious is his slow ascent. After he left her, it took him like three minutes to get to, to get topside. I think almost three minutes, although it's hard to say. When, you know, they were using his dive computer, and the dive computer goes in one-minute increments. Mm. And so it could have been like, you know... Just two, barely over two. It could have been two minutes, five seconds, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it does, it does look like uh, from the ascent, it, it, it does look like he made a... Fairly rapid ascent. Again, you'd think in a panic situation like that, he would have just thrown all you know, caution to the winds and just zipped up to the surface as ASAP. I, I guess, yeah. I don't know how recently he had taken the the, the rescue rescue class, class but uh, it hadn't. It wasn't recent. Okay. Well, I I know that you know on land first aid thing the they, the number one thing they drill into you is like you have to put yourself first. You have to put yourself first. You have to make sure you do not become a victim as well. Oh, yeah. Right. And so if he was thinking, okay, I got to do this slow. I can't get the bends. I can't, you know, can't whereas, die. whereas Wade Singleton, right. Is his name. Yeah. yeah. Who was a very experienced diver was confident in his skill to be able to make that ascent in mm-hmm. an emergency situation. Dangerous. Sure. But was more confident in his ability. And frankly, probably had done this dive a million times and knew where he was. Yeah. Right. Cause Gabe probably also was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know where anybody is. I can't get lost in the ocean if I just flail around and go someplace. Mm. And again, I don't necessarily want to defend it, but I do want to say that it's yeah. totally possible that in his brain, he was like, okay, I have to I have, I have to, to preserve calm. my own life. Well, and there I have was to stay calm. There was, by the fact, by the way, the fact that he did take a small break from his ascent to talk to the the Asian divers True. on the line at the, the at, access at, point. At the yeah. access on yeah. the access so line. So that probably added to his so time. That up added as well. to his time up as well. As far as Wade goes, I don't know exactly Wade actually entered the water. He went out there in the boat with him, but he might have. They went in like a little less than ten minutes mm-hmm. uh, before before the whole disaster happened wade might have just like just actually entered the water just a minute before and then mm-hmm. swimming down the boat you know, and sees her gets her up if you've only been underwater for a minute or two 
Yeah. Then it's not nearly as serious as if you've been under a longer period of time. Right. Correct. It's, you know, the yeah. longer you're underwater, so maybe that's what. And happened. again, you know, Gabe may have been inexperienced enough to not even be thinking about that. To be thinking like, oh, I've been under for, you know, I need a lot of time to decompress. Versus Wade, again, who mm-hmm. is experienced and would have known. Yeah. My risk for my own personal injury is very low. Yeah, and they, yeah, I'm sure when they when they probably they probably teach you in dive school, they probably like. You air towards scenario. caution. It, it, totally. Yeah. And totally. And so Wade probably with experience knew that he could really push the envelope a lot. So any other? But, no, that's about it. I, I've got to say, though, that there's been some, uh, we've, we've talked about the battery malfunction. I don't think that really counts. Dr. Uh-huh. Stutz, there was a, an interesting webpage out there that I mentioned already. This guy actually looked at uh, all the, the various data from dive computers, et cetera, and found out when Dr. Stutz actually entered the water. Turns out that by the time he entered the water, Gabe was already kind of starting his way up from Tina. Mm, so there was no when, way. So there was actually no way. If the guy saw anybody bear-hugging anybody, you might have seen Wade bringing Tina up off the floor mm. of the ocean. Mm. Maybe that's what he saw, but he could not actually have seen this bear hug if it was Gabe and Tina. But nonetheless, his testimony was accepted in court, right. uh, but it looks to me like it's kind of questionable. The slow, the unable to die fast, well, we'll talk about that. That, that, that is kind of inexplicable. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he murdered her because, and here's why. Number one, he didn't really have a strong motive as, that I can see. No. You know, unless, unless his motive was, well, he wanted to go, like, you know, have his wife die on their honeymoon tragically so he could get a lot of sympathy and maybe write a book about it or maybe a movie deal or something like that. Although that's, that's very that's a long game. That's a yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's that's not good. That's not that's very very likely to backfire on you. Yeah, yeah. It's not that's the the reason I I really don't think he murdered her besides the lack of motive is that if he truly had killed her, then it would have made no sense for him to abandon her body underwater the way he did. No, because you know, you know he he should have brought her up. Yeah, remember the official theory. That is would that make him the hero for at least, at least doing trying. his job instead as a dive of, buddy. Instead of making him look like, well, basically, it didn't make him look too good that he abandoned her. It's yeah. Not at all. And remember the official theory of the prosecution is that Gabe shut off her air supply and held her under until she drowned. And until, just, just a quick thing, just for yeah. anybody who doesn't know, that I, I've thought about this and I know somebody's going to ask, well, could he have just kinked the air hose, you know, like you do with the garden hose? But you can't. Those mm. hoses are super dense. No, they're they uh, cannot. They're hold made them. to not do that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I wonder why. Because yeah. <laughs> it's kind of important they don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess he could have grabbed the uh, grabbed the regulator out of her mouth or you know, the respirator and just pulled it pulled it away from her and just like not giving it back and she would have drowned maybe. But nonetheless, no matter how you cut it, if he deliberately murdered her by drowning her, then there's no reason not to bring her up. Yeah, she's yeah. already got her. She, she's already dead. Yeah. I mean, she's not going to like squeal or anything like that. And it certainly would have made him look better, mm-hmm. a lot better, because abandoning your, your, your dive buddy is a huge deal. I mean, Wade Singleton said, remember him, mm-hmm. said that he thought that Gabe should have been prosecuted for that alone, just abandoning her, mm. even if he didn't kill her. He, he should have been prosecuted for that. Um, and so, yeah. It, All right, so that's that's, 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 so that's theory why, number one. So that's why I don't believe that murder is is the correct theory here. I, I agree. I don't think that Gabe actually was the honeymoon killer. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and so the next theory, of course, is that it was all an accident. Gabe was pretty much telling the truth. You know, so Tina loses it, which is entirely possible. Not the first time it's happened. She's a total novice. And it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. If she had just remained calm, uh, I, I bet things would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. And... 
So, you know, one thing about Tina that we haven't talked about is in the paperwork that she had to fill out with the dive company, it said, do you have any heart conditions? Yeah. And she said no, which was a lie. She, she did. She did have an arrhythmia that had been corrected with surgery, I think, just a couple of years before. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's like, that's a, that's a, something that they would not be too comfortable with and would have put her under even more scrutiny. They might not have let her dive. Yeah, maybe not. Is, is the way that I understood it. So the fact that she ignored it makes me think that yeah, she may have brought some of it on herself. Mm. Could be. I mean, the cause of death was officially drowning. There was no evidence of any sort of heart attack or mm -hmm. anything like that. But you never know. I mean, maybe her arrhythmia kicked in again or something Caused like that. Caused a panic because, attack? Because of, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it would have been more of a panic attack, which if she had a heart condition may have made it even worse in her mind. Oh, God, I'm having a heart attack. And she's mm -hmm. freaking out. She and starts to panic. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the thing is, is that she's got, yes, she's got air. She's got a regulator in her mouth. But if she's freaking out and she starts yelling... That's when all the water gets yep. in, and that's why she would drown. Or if she hyperventilates and sort uh. of kind of passes out, whoops, you yeah. know, that, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So, again, if she had just been a little calmer about things, it probably would have been good. Uh, I think Gabe... And that's not a judge... I know that the way you said that is not a, a judgment on any way on Tina. Oh, no. Just so no. anybody listening to it, sometimes the it's way a, we say these things get misperceived. So yeah, just it's, saying. A, it's, a, uh, it's a very scary alien environment. It's super scary. Yeah. I was I yeah. was just remembering that, um, you know, I've never been scuba diving or even snorkeling, really, because I don't like water in my face yeah. um but <laughs> no fine. it's fine yeah. i don't that's why she um, never showers true uh but i remember watching the videos for the ben mcdaniels thing and uh -huh. even just watching the youtube videos and you know i it was a little unsettling too much uh -huh. yeah it was still that was too much yeah no, i i i i, I like that i like yeah. the old hole underwater thing but that's just me you know yeah. i mean uh, and but even i uh, you know i've done the snorkeling and i've done other fun stuff in the water but mm -hmm. you know i'm not sure what would happen if i was down there 50 feet maybe i would lose it too yeah. i don't know but it's, and similarly you don't know what you would do if your dive partner uh -huh. were doing that thing yeah you know yeah or what i would do if my dive partner put me in a bear hug and shut off my air <laughs> oh what am i saying yeah so I, we pretty I, much there, agree there, it was not just an accident the way that gabe well it, no, it could have been an accident. I mean, so Gabe, I think but was. not the way that Gabe represented it. Maybe. I actually, well, I actually think that it, it may very well have been exactly the way he represented it. It is just that they were both so inept, yeah, at the at handling the situation, yeah, that and, they literally their combined actions was her cause of death. I think Got so it. because yeah. I mean uh, they didn't need to fight the current to try to get back to the access point. They could have just gone straight up. Because how long is the how long is it? What's the distance from access point to access point, Joe? It's uh, about a hundred hundred and ten meters. Yes, yeah, so so. it's not it's not a huge, especially when you're already in a moving current. Yeah, they could have actually. It might have been faster to just swim downstream instead well, of I would, to swim yeah. back up and easier. Down. Yeah. Uh, or or the alternative is just go straight up. Yeah, go straight ascend. Up. But uh, and so that might have compounded the situation by trying to go back there again. And you know, just to pause here for a second to talk about the fact that everyone's like, oh, Gabe was super domineering and blah blah blah. It sounds like he just was like, yeah, okay, Tina, we're gonna do what you want to do. He, yeah. you know, in a situation where you're kind of a jerk. Uh, super domineering aren't you going to be no this is the right way that's right you're no, not going to say okay i yep i am your we're man gonna, we will we're do gonna, as i say you know you're not going to say i mean it sounds like kind of what he was thinking was all right 
what she wants to do is going to be the the best way to calm her. We're going to do what she wants to do. Let's sure. go do this. That's, that's, Even that's. though he may or may not have known it was the wrong call. Yeah. It sounds he like might he might have knew. also considered that to be the right call. You got to remember, yeah. too, that uh, at this point, I mean, he might not have even been aware that this is a total life and death situation. Probably he, he might have just thought, well, she's wigging out a little bit. We're going to get her back to the line. Mm-hmm. Once she gets her hand on the line, she'll calm down and she'll mm-hmm. relax, you know? And that's, he's yeah. probably at least initially, yeah. it's possible that he thought, hey, she'll, she'll be fine. We'll just get her back to the yeah. line mm-hmm. and she'll settle down. Yeah. Well, it didn't work out that way. No. But, so I, I would not say that this is totally beyond the realm of possibility, but there's one more theory. I like this theory the best. You like this theory? Which is that uh, Gabe did not murder her. It was an accident, but he's also not quite telling the truth about the whole thing. Hmm. Um, All right. So yeah. show, me, show me what you got here. Yeah, his statements to the police, which I read. I read his entire, uh, well, not everything. I read his entire October 23rd statement. There's a transcript okay. out there. I sent you guys a link to that. Did you guys read that? Some. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. So there's a lot there. And there's a lot there, and it's hard to read, um, you know, it, uh, and not not because I'm semi-literate or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just because of the way it's been transcribed mm-hmm. and the way he speaks doesn't really translate to the written page very well. I'm told that the video of it is actually much, much better for understanding what he's saying. Okay. And there are transcription errors as well, which doesn't help. But his statements uh, to the police indicate that he thought that Tina was experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety and maybe even panic, but... What if it wasn't her that lost it? What if it was Gabe who lost it? And so what if Tina didn't actually knock his mask and respirator off of his face? What if he panicked and locked, knocked hers off of her face and she drowned? What if that happened? Oh, like he clocked her in the head and she was semi-conscious and therefore drowned because of yeah. that? And and it might be that, and I'm not, no, no casting aspersions on anybody. Anybody can, again, lose it and just panic a little bit and cause something like this accidentally and maybe not want to fess up to it. So you're saying something to the effect of he freaks out, he accidentally swings and, and clobbers her in the head, uh-huh. and that's what then starts the whole drowning? Clobbers, clobbers her in the head, knocks her mask and respirator off, her, off of her face. But maybe. her mask and her her mask was in place, wasn't it? Yeah, he could have gotten it back into place. I mean, okay. her mask and respirator and respirator were in place. Yes. Um. But not. But even even leaving that aside, I, he he might have panicked also. Okay. Well, okay. I guess one question would be then on this theory is why why was it that her oxygen consumption was so much higher and it seems it sounds like his was fairly normal. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a, a higher higher than what an experienced diver would use. Right, but not. I mean, it sounds like hers was really high. Kind of, yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah. like, I mean, that feeds into the theory that she was the one freaking out and hyperventilating, not him. Mm-hmm. But she's breathing shallow and fast. He's yeah. breathing mm-hmm. deep and hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, instead of calm and even. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but when you look at it this way, if you if you think of that that Gabe actually had a panic attack, then even if he didn't knock the mask off her face, if he was the one who was really panicking. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they both were panicking. Uh, one of the things, one of the anxieties that he said that he had was, well, the, the, the current was super strong. Yeah. Which I think is, what's the big deal? They're on a drift dive where they just have to drift down the length of the boat. Yeah. And he also was talking about, to the police again, said, well, they, were, they lost sight of, the, of the, the entry rope on the bow. And they, he knew that there was an exit line on the stern of the ship. But that was, as far as he was concerned, that was 100 miles away. Meters. That was... Well, but as far oh, as... Oh, miles. Got yeah. it. But Sorry. yeah, it was 100 meters away maybe, but obviously it wasn't visible. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be visible for a while. He expressed some anxiety about not being able to see it and maybe missing it. 
Got it. and being swept out to sea. So I don't think this is a rational concern, personally. I mean, it is in a sense, but at the same time, it'd, be, it'd actually be very easy to find that thing. All you got to do is stay over the ship. Mm-hmm. At that, on, that, on that day, the current was not parallel to the ship. It was actually about 10 degrees off, according to what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So if you stayed at the same point, you entered right on the bow, stayed in that same exact point without moving a muscle, you would be blown off course enough that you probably would miss that line because by my back-of-the-envelope calculation, they would have missed it by about 17 meters, okay. uh, which is just beyond the realm. Maybe they would have seen it, maybe not. But, of course, at the same time, you know what to do. There's a huge ship underneath you. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is kick your fins a little bit and get back over the ship, the center line of the ship, and boom, you're lined up for your exit line. Mm-hmm. So it seems like an irrational... And, again, there's no way... Underwater, there's no way that Tina somehow communicated this through body language or sign language. She didn't communicate that to Gabe. That was an anxiety that was all his own. Yeah. Entirely his own. Also, by the way, there is mentioned also that the people at the dive company actually talked about what to do and how to signal them if you went beyond the exit buoy. In fairness, though, the people at the dive company... were supposed to have done a test dive with Tina and didn't. Well, in fairness, yeah. I mean, you I know, so maybe they said, they told them and And in didn't. fairness to the dive company, you can tell somebody what to do, but that for them to pay attention oh, and yeah. register and retain that mm-hmm. is a whole other matter. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, the, the, another thing that makes me think that maybe Gabe was in a, in a state of panic is the part, the whole part, and this is the part that truly doesn't make sense, is where he's trying to chase Tina downward as she's sinking, and he couldn't catch her, which makes utterly no sense to me uh, or the experts I talked to. And again, there was a whole question of, well, was his BCD way overinflated? And well, if that was the case, if that was inhibiting his downward progress, then all he had to do was deflate it. He didn't apparently mm-hmm. think to do it, which is evidence to me that he wasn't thinking very clearly, mm-hmm. which yeah, is evidence I would agree to me that. that he yes. was panicking. Yes. I don't know. And, and, and at that point, he turned around and just left. Again, evidence that he's scared because uh, maybe he already figured out that Tina was already dead and figured there's no sense losing my own life trying to rescue her. Much kind of along the same lines as what Devin yeah, was saying, saying. being a rescuer, yeah. Although at the same time, I'm asking myself, well, is that really rational? Because you have a whole tank of air. You got a tank of air, and if you swim down a little farther, grab her, haul her up, mm-hmm. you know, really, what's well, the risk there? But Not let's much. also add to that, right, the fact that he had already had that misfire with his computer. Uh-huh. Or his dive, his dive computer, dive yeah. computer, right? So he may have already been a little in a weird mindset of like, well, maybe this computer isn't a hundred percent accurate right now, right? Because mm. I was having issues with it before, so maybe he's thinking, all right, I know I definitely have enough to get on this, you know, short little scuba trip, but maybe he's thinking, you know, he's already not thinking particularly clearly. He's probably panicking and thinking, oh my god. Also, what if my computer? is telling me that I have a lot more air than I actually have. What if, you know, something malfunctions, blah, blah, blah. He's yeah. already panicking, and then yeah. he's trying to get down, and then he's like, oh, I've obviously used way more air than I should have, and oh, my gosh, my computer, you know, just a well, huge panic of, of yeah, all of that all, stuff. All the I mean, I agree that, that wrong. rationally yeah. above ground with no one, yeah. no emotional trauma of watching above your wife water? die. Yeah. I'm sorry, on, on ground, above water, to us sitting in a dry room without having just watched our wife die. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah, of course, he had air to get down there and blah, blah, blah. But if he's panicking, 
He's having a panic attack. I think he's he was. He's not having, yeah. not in his right mind. Yeah. He, you it, know. It makes sense to just beat feet out of there. And, uh, you know, and that's because, I, you know, again, like you said, to us, it looks, it looks simplicity itself. You just swim down there, grab mm-hmm. her, haul her to the surface, alive mm-hmm. or dead, at least you got her. And uh, he just turned and left. And I think that that's the sign. Again, and, and, and again, from where he went, he could have gone straight up. Instead, he, he goes back to the bow against the current, taking more time. Um, I, you know, every, every decision was kind of the wrong one. A lot of them, A lot of them were not rational. I don't think, I think that he was, um, I think he was just panicking. Yeah. He was, yeah, and I think he lost it. And I think that's why his story doesn't quite make sense is because he's never wanted to fess up entirely to the fact that he just lost it. Well, Friend. here's a question. <laughs> if he had had a panic attack, did he lose his scuba license? Not that I know, no. So if he had admitted that he was incompetent, caused the death of someone, and, you know, basically just well, like, ruined not... everything, would he have lost it? Probably, right? Maybe, but you know, I'm not sure how, at that point, how enthusiastic he was about scuba anymore anyway. Um, right. But uh, he might not have well, ever gone he... scuba diving after that. I, I... And I got to tell you, the, the whole thing of him saying, I want to scuba dive and I want to go on boats and you need to learn to do it with me as well if you want to be with me. I mean, it, it, it again, is, it's, it's weird to me because he'd been diving for, at this point, 10 years. Uh, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. And he had only in seven years logged 50 dives and they were all like pool dives and little quarry dives. Most so of them were not if, very shallow. Yeah, mostly yeah, shallow is, yeah. Not as if he was an avid diver and this was going to always be his well, thing, which is why yeah. I agree with Joe that it's so easy to see him freak out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. He was a novice. I agree with that. I was just going to say, to me, it's not that weird that he didn't go on. I mean, we don't know their financial situation. He probably couldn't afford... He lived in Alabama, right? It's not like there are a lot of really great dive spots in Alabama, right? As far as I know. I don't know. I'm sure that we'll find out. I'm sure we will. Alabama is actually close to the the Gulf of Mexico, so there's good diving down there, I hear. Close, but, you know... Depending on where in the state you are. And his financial situation. True. You know, so it may have been that he thought, all right, well, we're going to go someplace tropical for our honeymoon. I've always, you know, I've been scoobying for 10 years. This is my chance to really get a great, nice dive in. Oh, sure. And obviously I want you to do that with me because you're my wife and I love you. So yeah, I guess uh, at 26, they were 26 years old, both of them. So yeah, financially, it's not as if they would be super well off. Okay. No, uh, not really. I'll retract a little bit of my score. I mean, you can be at 50 and not be financially well off enough. I mean, you can be, well, you know, I'm there's no stage of life where you can definitively say that person is definitely going to be able to afford to go scuba diving. Well, I, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not exactly hurting for cash, but I got to tell you, it's, it's just a matter of priorities. I mean, yeah. I, I could actually, if I actually had to, I could afford to travel halfway around the world and go scuba diving. Right. I'm not going to. But you're also not I've got, 26. Well, there's that too. But, <laughs> yeah, but I just, you know, no matter what the age, there's always something better to spend the money on. Right, like buying a house really, and starting a family. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, but there, were, there could have been other repercussions too. I mean, I he might have, felt at least partially responsible um, if he felt like he had done something to contribute to her, her death. Well, I think he did. I mean, the, yeah. that, that uh, body viewing oh, comments, yeah. that seems like oh, he yeah. felt Well, obviously, yeah. obviously, you know, um, yeah, he did in one way or another, but from a legal point of view, it's one thing to sort of say, hey, wouldn't it be great to learn how to scuba dive? Because that sort of, you know, contributed to her death, but that's not something you can throw somebody in jail for. 
But there are other things that you could conceivably say, well, that's manslaughter, dude. You screwed up. You screwed up and you can and you did this and this that contributed to her dying and so you're gonna go to jail. So like you can freaking see, out underwater. Like and freaking out her. and stuff and, and you can see where he might finesse his story a little bit to make himself look a little better. Not only from a standpoint of self-esteem, but also from a legal standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get arrested or whatever. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my theory there, is that it was an accident, an unfortunate thing, but uh, his behavior probably uh, wasn't entirely the best. And I'm not saying I would have been any better in that situation myself, but that's what I think most likely happened. I agree. Yeah, yeah. most likely. All right, so that's that story. Uh, next week, Finding Nemo. Uh, <laughs> Solve the mystery. Yeah. All right. Let me do a little housekeeping before we go here. Uh, you're a scuba diver. And by the way, I just want to say, I, this, I don't know if I said it before, this dive does not look that daunting to me. Uh, you know, it, it looks actually fairly easy. Mm-hmm. It looks fun. Of, you know, it does look like a lot of fun. But I want to say, if you're, if you're one of these scuba diving types and you want to take issue with that, if you'd like to issue a challenge to me, to go to Australia and do the dive, well, I will accept that challenge. Go On ahead. your dollar. Absolutely. You, <laughs> you throw down that gauntlet and your wallet, and I will go to Australia and dive that wreck. I knew that was coming. Absolutely. And let me give you the way to, you want to get a hold of me through our, our email, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, what, what else have we got? We've got a website. You know what those things are, right? Thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. Uh, where you can find our episodes. We have an episode list out there. Uh, you can download and listen to our stuff uh, on the website. We also have merch. You can uh, buy T-shirts and mugs and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, where you sub- can subscribe. You can rate us. You can review us. A good review, please. We like those a lot better. Uh, there's streaming services. What do we got? Like Stitcher and God knows what else. There's Google everything. Play, yeah, all yeah, Google the apps. Play. Yeah, All of them. Yeah, there's billions of them. Uh, and we're on social media, including Facebook. I, mean, I don't know if you've heard of those guys or not. Apparently they're big. But we have a group and a page, so like the page, join the group. And there's lots of fun stuff going on, lots of back and forth and commentary and stuff. It's a friendly group. I think, you know, there's no no flame wars. I think everybody's really nice. Yeah. And it's a very chill group. It is. It's a great, great group. I, I, like our, I like our listeners. They're great people. Uh, and we're, we're on Twitter thinking sideways, leave that G out, and there we are. Uh, and we have a subreddit, Thinking Sideways. Uh, that's on Reddit. If you haven't heard of those guys, well, do a Google. Uh, that's R-E-D-D-I-T. We have a subreddit, and so go check it out. And that's about it. Until next week, uh, any final thoughts, you guys? No. I was going to make a swimming joke, but no, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't think of anything either. So, all right, ta-ta, until next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.